Alumni Audio Lab. I am Doris Obrecht and you are listening to Alumni Audio Lab, a bi-monthly podcast from the OEAD. This is Austria's Agency for Education and Internationalization. In this podcast, I talk with alumni of OEAD who have all studied or done research in Austria. We talk about their life, their research, their background, and sometimes also about current events and developments. This is episode 39, and I have the honor of talking with Apinan Limongkon today. Apinan Limongkon is a biochemist from Thailand. She is working as a researcher and teaching instructor at the Department of Biochemistry at the Naresuan University in Pitsanulok in Thailand. She was a scholarship holder of the OEAD for three times by now. Her last visit was in autumn 2021, where she conducted research at the IFA Thun, which is a department of agrobiotechnology of the University of Natural Resources and Life Sciences, Vienna. Apinan, I'm very happy that you are here today. Welcome at the Alumni Audio Lab. Thank you very much, Dolis, for the nice introduction for me. And I'm glad to be here with you today, too. Apinan, you have a very straight academic career. You started your bachelor's degree in biotechnology and you stayed in this field of research ever since. Was becoming a biochemist a dream of yours? Actually, what is the biochemistry? Yeah, let, let me say uh, about the biochemistry. So the, the field of biochemistry is the size that you use the chemistry to explore what's going on with the biological process. So I was interested in this field since I was in a study in the university for my graduate and I decided to try to try with this field of study and finally I love the biochemistry. When did you start to think about becoming a biochemist or studying biochemistry? When I uh, study my University, so for the undergraduate study, biochemistry is the small branch belonging to faculty of chemistry. And I was thinking myself, do I really like the field chemistry? And I thought, yeah, I would like to uh, use the chemistry to explain or to explain what's going on with our body in the, so together with the Uh, biology and when I learning of this so it's, it's a bit difficult also <laughs> during the uh, bachelor degree there are many uh, information in biochemistry uh, there are a lot of pathway so pathway uh, many pathway in the uh, human body that we have to learn and it was a bit tough also for me but uh, then i start my research work and i feel like i can apply the knowledge from this the pathway to do the research work and it's it's fun for me so i i start to to love the biochemistry was becoming a scientist for you your first choice so since i was young i didn't think about this view of the career but when i start to learn and go deep inside in all the research work so yeah i thought that i like this career your first research stay in austria was already more than 20 years ago 
Yeah. Your latest one, yeah, your latest one was last year where you were granted with an Ernst Mach scholarship for three months. Mm -hmm. What yeah. was your impression of Austria when you came here for the first time and has it changed? Yeah, so let me start. When I graduated my master degree, I started working as a young staff of biochemistry in Narison University. So it's already a start after my uh, master degree. So when you will be lecturer, you have to graduate the PhD anyway. Yeah, so I start looking for the PhD scholarship to study abroad. And it was unlucky for me at that time that I, so I, I already got the government scholarship, but by that time it was the economic crisis in Thailand and uh, the government uh, start to cut off all the scholarship for the new scholarship holder. So I decided to searching for another scholarship from abroad. And once I heard that there is the scholarship of the Austria, so it's called, at that time it's called Asia Union Scholarship. And I tried to connect with the professor and ask him whether uh, it would be possible that I could apply or could get the acceptance letter from him and go to Austria to study. My background is biochemistry, but I'm studying the biochemistry to apply in the industry. And uh, this is for my bachelor degree. And for my master degree, it was the application of the medical field. So I used biochemistry in the medical field. And uh, I never worked with plant before. But for me, I was thinking that I want to use the biochemistry to apply in different fields. Yeah, so I know the uh, medical field, I know some uh, industrial field, but for the plant, I don't know. And the professor whom I contact for my PhD, he was specialized on plant, so with plants. So I thought, okay, I will try. And I contact him. When I start my PhD study, the feeling for the first time for me was tough for me, yeah, because You, you have to apply in plan which you never worked with before. So it was more the field of research, which was difficult because it yeah. was new than the experience of coming to Austria. Have you been to Middle Europe before? Yeah, yeah. I have been in Germany before. Yeah, so uh, before before I got the scholarship for my PhD, I got the short grant yeah, for four months to visit Germany. And uh, for this short period grant to Germany, I was uh, training by the tissue culture. Yeah, it was the, the training course uh, with the tissue culture. That is the first impression for me in plant. Yeah, and I, I want to continue with plant. Yeah, so it's just only a few months that I stay in Germany and then I go to Austria for my PhD study. And what motivated you to apply for the second and the latest grant last year? After I finished my PhD, so I came back from Austria. So actually as the lecturer in Thai University, 
you don't have only research work, so you have really a lot of work to do, uh, teaching, teaching, and uh, many responsibility. So I work uh, for four years, four years, and I thought, okay, I don't have much time for doing the research work during my teaching, and also at that time I have another uh, responsibility. I have to do like a administrator work. <laughs> also, I'm taking care of the student. I'm working as the deputy dean of student affair. Yeah, and uh, most of my work time, I was taking care of the student, and I thought, yeah. I have to stop and to break myself to go somewhere just to improve. I mean, improve my research thinking. And um, by that time, I try to apply again for the postdoc scholarship of the ERD because there was the announcement, and I apply for this scholarship. And with my PhD, most of the work I was working with the so basic research. So it's like a more with like a signal transduction in plants. So it's really basic research work. And I would like to do some applied work. Therefore, I contact to Professor Herman at IFA, and he was so his research work was focused on the. Identification and characterization of the wheat resistant. Yeah, so in Austria, the wheat is very famous. So everybody, there is the disease. The major disease is concerning the fungus. One fungus named Fusillium hate bright, and he would like to identify the gene that can resist. This fungus in wheat, yeah. So it's more application, and so I contact him, and uh, he sent me the acceptance letter. So I have one years, one years for um, refresh myself in the scientific work again. Let's talk a little bit more about your current research or one part of your current research. As far as I understand, your main fields of research are antioxidants and secondary metabolites of plants that you're researching on. Can you tell us more about that? My recent research work was focused on the production of bioactive compound from uh, from peanut. Peanut is an um, important crop and can go uh, widely in many areas in Thailand and especially in the southern part of Thailand. People eat this peanut spout. So we measure the antioxidant from the peanut spout. It means that we germinated peanut in different periods of time. So one day, two days, three days, and we compare the antioxidant uh, amount of this peanut sprout, and we found that when germinated, the peanut can produce more substance, and this substance, so we call like uh, the name is steel bean, steel bean compound. Yes, one example of the steel bean compound is resveratrol. I I don't know. Have you heard about this resveratrol? So I have read about it now, but I think our listeners won't know. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so <laughs> resveratrol is very 
famous compound in the steel bean group because uh, you can find less volatile in grape. So in red wine, in red wine, you obtain a lot of this less volatile, and now there are many um, product of this less volatile. So this is just only uh, one example of a substance in the group of steel bean compound, and we can detect this in the peanut sprout. So before germinate, there is few amount of the uh, steel bean compound, but after germinate, there increasing amount of this, and we thought that maybe plant can produce this compound for protecting themselves. Yeah, when they are germinated, they would like to to be alive. I mean, all allow of the microbial. Yeah, they they so they they can affect plant. Therefore, they produce all of this substance while they are germinated. So this is the first for my uh, study. And one question in between: Why are these antioxidants so important to be researched on? You can apply the um, substance with the antioxidant quite a lot because they have the uh, activity of the antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. So, for example, if you uh, have the free radical, so free radical is the is harming our body. If you have more free radical in inside, so uh, this free radical can get rid by the antioxidant compound. So first, we, we start with the peanut sprout, and we found that they are very interesting from this germinated peanut, and we can also extract all of this uh, steel bean compound from the peanut sprout. But the problem is, if you want to have the peanut sprout, you have to obtain peanut from many areas. With the germinated peanut, we found that it's very interesting. Uh, we, we can find steel bean compound from this germinated peanut. But if you want to have the germinated peanut, you have to obtain peanut, nearly uh, a lot of peanut. And what is the problem for us is if I buy the peanut from different area, it will affect the amount of this compound, yeah, because when you grow peanut in the southern part, you grow peanut on the northern part with different climate, with different growing environment, it also affects the, the amount of the compound. And we thought that how we can apply the biotechnology approach to produce this material in our lab. So if we not buy the peanut, can we produce loot by ourselves in the in the lab? Yes. So I start for review literature and there was some research work about the Haley root. So this is the, the name of the root that come from the transformation why we have to do the transformation and what is the transformation. So this transformation is done by the bacteria. We call agobacterium and agobacterium can live with plants because they can tell 
or they can order plant to produce some substance for them. So they live together. Normally, they live together with plant, and when they want plant to produce some substance, so produce food for them, what they do, they took their gene information, the genetic information, to integrate to the plant cell, and what we put. In the agrobacterium is the root-inducing hormone. It means that if plant obtain this gene, they can produce only root, and therefore we perform the experiment and we do the transformation, and finally we get the root from the peanut after the transformation. Yeah. As as you were talking about resveratrol before this substance, yeah, I googled it because I was curious, and it is often hyped as an anti-aging wonder, which can make us beautiful, strong. It allows us to grow very old. And on the other hand, there are quite a number of articles that say that this is not sufficiently documented. There needs much more science. What is your your opinion on that? Do we, or better, the industry for dietary supplements or cosmetics, overestimate the power of these secondary plant substances? Yeah, in fact, all of these uh, secondary uh, metabolites from plants they, they they are really useful, and uh, some plants produce uh, this substance as the important substance so each substance from each plant they have different uh, activity so different bioactivity um, in the supplementary industry if they uh, could find uh, some very efficient of the uh, compound for sure it could be uh, very useful and you can apply this for the uh, supplement from plant. So you don't need to do like a chemical synthesis of the compound, but you can use like a natural substance from plant. And you are doing, as you said, a lot of basic research, also applied one, but also a lot of basic research. To what extent is it in your interest what happens further with the outcomes of your research? Are you as a researcher interested in the further application of your technology or your findings? Yeah, actually, uh, one part of my research is uh, doing the basic research. So we try to induce the substance from the plant. After we got the tissue material, we can use this tissue material forever. I can um, multiply root. I don't need to grow the peanuts anymore. So I take the uh, root that I produce and I try to imitate plant different mechanism. Uh, what it means. So normally in nature, plants could produce substance uh, when they receive stress. For example, the uh, drought stress or the stress from infection of the microorganism. And we try to imitate this phenomena. So we give some stress to the root and to control whether they can produce all of this substance for us and uh, we can produce high amount of natural production from plant. So first, it is the starting with the basic research 
and as soon as we can produce more of this substance, it's like in the next step. So in the second step, we can produce, and for the last step, we can. Uh, so if we can produce. A high amount of this substance, we can also investigate the bioactivity of this compound. Yes. So right now we try to to investigate also like a anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory, anti-microbial activity from the compound that we that we produce. Yes, and as soon as we find what is the important activity of this, we finally we can. I mean, we can contact with the like biotechnology um company that they can also apply this as the product later on. So it's it's like starting from the basic research, but uh finally I also aim that my. Uh, research can also apply. In your CV, you write that one of your research activities is the antioxidant activity of the local medicine herbs. <laughs> What role do these herbs play in Thailand society historically, but also today? Yeah, in Thailand we have uh, really a lot of herbs, and yeah, many people try to investigate the activity from different herbs. So I think it's really good idea that if we can, yeah, we can do the research and can identify the important substance, and we can promote all of these uh, medical herbs, which is the important resource in our country. Is there also a non-scientific tradition of using these medical herbs? Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, so in the community, there are also yeah many local people they are using as the uh, former people doing this, and they told that is uh, it has this activity. If you eat it, you can heal or you can cure what the disease. But there was no uh, information of the scientists. Yeah, so to to confirm, so it's really important for the role of the scientists to to give the information. And if you can promote, you have to have the uh, scientific information. In which relation does this traditional herb medicine stands to conventional or modern medicine? Mm. So in the local local area, there's still a lot of local. Uses of these herbs more than the modern medicine, but now in the big city, people try to to use. So people use a lot of uh, medicine, which is uh, I think maybe there are also uh, some toxic substance also in the modern medicine too. You already said you're not only a researcher but also an instructor at the university. I have read that the enrollments at Thailand's universities are decreasing in the last 10 to 15 years. Do you share this perception? Um, so I think it's, it's the same as the other country also that the decreasing of the enrollment of the students uh, during this year. Yeah, because many people can learn from the internet. I mean, there are many courses that students can, can choose to learn instead of uh, coming to the university. We also face the problem of the decreasing of the students. But however, 
our university try to promote for the local area in Thailand. There are many university. Uh, the most famous university is for sure is in Bangkok, <laughs> in the capital city. But our university located in the northern part, so it's like a uh, the south north <laughs> we call south north of uh, Thailand. And this area, there's still a lot of student that. They also want to come to the university. So for our university, it was not increasing so much for the student. And what we also tried for promoting the university that a student can can come to study. That we try to promote also the local area and try to integrate the research to the local. For example. We also contact with the uh, different uh, local people and to search for what is the important of their material that we can do the research and for uh, student who is coming from the local area after they study they can also apply this to to their home. As far as I understood from your scientific report from the last scholarship. Is the training and exchange with the colleagues from the similar field of research, these were the focus of your last stay here in Austria. How important is the exchange of expertise for you? Yeah, three months of the uh, research work is, is really perfect for me. Yeah, I contact to uh, Professor Herman again. So after 10 years that for my uh, postdoc, so I uh, contact him and we we discuss what we will do during the uh, three months with his lab work. And I helped doing some research about the uh, DNA work in his lab. And in the meantime, in the meantime, he also um, helped me. So Professor Herman and uh, Dr. Barbara, who is taking care of this three months of my research work, uh, they are so kind to uh, support me to contact with another institute. Yes, and the institute, which is next to the institute I was uh, doing the uh, research, is the Institute of Bioanalysis and Agrometabolomic. So they use the instrument to identify the compounds of the extract. Yeah. And first I was contact with them and I present my work from Thailand to them that what I am doing, I'm focused on the peanut heli root and I can produce some substance from this peanut heli root. This substance is quite new. So I, I present all of my work to them and they are also interested. So we, we, we have, um, two or three time meeting together and we are discuss what we can do further in the near future. So after I come back to Thailand, I'm producing all of this substance and I send, uh, my sample to metabolomic group. So to, uh, professor, uh, Reiner. And they will identify all of this product for me. So it's like a collaboration, the new collaboration network for me, which is I'm really happy to, to have this collaboration. I was talking about this topic with a female scientist from Indonesia about two years ago, but I'm very interested in different opinions on this topic. 
Dana Strickland, she was the first woman who won the Nobel Prize for physics in 55 years, once said, I am not a woman in science, I am a scientist. How do you see yourself as a woman in science or as a scientist? Or is this discussion not bothering you at all, being a woman or a man in science? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, so let me say when, when I was uh, studying in uh, my university, 70% of my friends are women. <laughs> are women. And even, even now I'm working in the department of biochemistry. We have more than 70% of female staff in, in department of uh, biochemistry. So in my, in my point of view, I think there are no different being a female or male uh, scientist. Yeah. In my experience, I had a great low model of my female teacher, yeah, woman. She's uh, full of passionate to teach and also to do her research work. And she spent the whole of her life to do the research work with hard working. So I think the most important characteristic for scientific work is the inspiration and the passion. In, in, in this career. For me, I think it's important that if you always have an excitement, the curiosity, what you are discover, what you are doing for the experiment, I think this is the most important. So it shouldn't be any barrier or any gender different of this scientific work. As you said, inspiration, what is it that inspires you? You know, for our work, we teach. So we have uh, some theory, for example, uh, the scientific theory. When I teach, I teach by the, you read from the book and you learn about this and you teach it. And once uh, you do the research work and you found something which is, yeah, it's different from the theory that you, <laughs> that you learn. So it's, for me, it's very exciting. Yeah. And I thought that with the scientific work or the research work, after you do the research, sometimes you can inspire by something that you, you, you get deep into. And once when you find something very exciting, then it's fascinating for this career. Yeah. So it's, it's inspired me by doing and finding something different from the TLE that you learned before. Are your students also more female? Are there more female students than male students in yeah. your field of research? Exactly. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in my, in my lab, so now I have the two master student working with me and also four of the undergrad students to do the research work together with me. So all of them, women, are female. And uh, since I'm doing the research work and since I ever have all of my students for more than seven years that I'm doing the research of the peanut work, it's only one student with the man. The rest is the woman. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a tradition in, in Thailand that there are so many women in chemical or biochemical uh, science? Yeah, I think it's the statistically significant. 
we have really a lot of uh, well, women study and also working in this field. And we are always talking about yeah, which kind of work is the majority work of the men <laughs> choose to work with. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the the majority, at least in my department, is women. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it's different in Austria. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's different. I looked at the statistics before, and biological science. There are also it's not more, but I think a little bit more women than men when it comes to ICT, like information communication technologies. There are very much more men. Yeah. So, but all that has to do something with biology, there are equal or a little bit more women, but not so not so significant uh, like, yeah. as as you just said. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. At least in my university. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we are coming to an end. What are your plans for the near and the not so near future? Yeah, I still happy for my uh, work to be a teacher and also the scientist to do the research work in the in the same time so i think only the research work so for me it's also that if i uh, know something new it's good that you can provide all of this knowledge to the students so i love this career and yeah in the near future i still uh, love to work in this career to be a teacher and also the researcher in the same time. Yeah. Apinan, I thank you very much for being my guest today and having this talk with me. I wish you all the best for your future work with your research and your students. Okay, thank you very much also for the scholarship that uh, provided from Earth Day too. Yeah, I'm grateful to be uh, an alumni of the Earth Day. Thank you so much. This was episode 39 with Api Nan Lim Mongkon. She's a biochemist from Thailand. I am Doris Obrecht and you listen to Alumni Audio Lab, a podcast of the OEAD. You can listen to all of our former episodes at the website of the OEAD, which is oead.at slash alumni minus audio lab. Alumni Audio Lab.